What is going on, everybody? And a happy Sunday to you Bills fans, to you football fans. This is the Built in Buffalo Network. Icy Mike's It's Sunday, guys. Uh, you know how it goes. It's no hot takes here. We talk about the latest news in, in the NFL and regarding the Buffalo Bills. As always, I have my co-host, Mike Shimberski. Shim, what's up, buddy? Oh, man, uh, not much. I'm excited to do another episode of Icy Mike's on the Built in Buffalo Network. Uh, not much news today, honestly. But, uh, I, you know, that's how it goes when it's when we, you know, we don't have the full season uh, going. But I'm excited for today's topics. Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so their offensive line was already in shambles before. And now David DeCastro was released. And I knew he had injury problems before, but this didn't come out until after he was released that he's possibly thinking about retirement. Um, what do you think for the Steelers losing to Castro? It's just another blow to a team that was solid for many seasons, and I have now started the, the slow decline. Uh, actually, I think it's at a much more rapid pace because I think there's that – that whole offense is starting to become depleted and you got an aging Ben Roethlisberger and who just doesn't seem like he wants to quit, even though maybe he should uh, at this point. And I just think that this team is definitely, they, they were almost a shell of themselves last season and they got lucky with a lot of some of the wins that they had that it wasn't against very hard teams. And you saw what happened when they played some hard teams. And so I just think it's going to be more of the same next season. That it, It's just downhill for them right now. But do you think they're better off without Roethlisberger at this point? I mean, do you trust in Dwayne Haskins to, to run that team? No, I, I think Ben Roethlisberger gives them the best chance to win, but I don't think that that really means anything at this point. I think at some point you have to start looking for the future. That's what they haven't done. They haven't yeah, came to reality that that era of the Steelers that we, that we remember is – it's pretty much gone. I, I mean, they don't have Antonio Brown anymore. They don't have Le'Veon Bell. You know, they – You even go back teams. to the teams that had Emmanuel Sanders, Heath Miller. Like, everybody from, from those dominant Steelers teams are kind of gone besides Roethlisberger. And like you mentioned, he's kind of a shell of his former self. I haven't really trusted him since he threw those five picks against the Jags. And that was, what, four seasons ago? I think you're right. He's been on the slow decline. But, you know, they did sign somebody that I think is going to be at least decent. Trey Turner is not a bad offensive lineman, but he's not a six-time Pro Bowler like David DeCastro. No, so, he's not going to jump in there and turn the whole offense around. I just I, – I think that they're going to need a big they'll – be, they'll need a huge season from Smith-Schuster, and, and Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to find the, the uh, fountain of youth if anything is going to happen over in, in Pittsburgh. And on top of that, they didn't address the offensive line in the draft. They went tight end. They went running back. You know, those are flashy picks. That's what you want as a fan. You want to see the tight end. You want to see the running back. But if you don't have time to get out of the backfield, you're screwed. Like, seriously, I, I don't know what, what, what's going on in Pittsburgh. And, and let's uh, and let's face it, Ben can't scramble like he used to. I mean, he, oh. he does not. I don't, like, I don't think he could ever scramble. I think the reason that, you know – he could get away is the fact that he's, you know, six, six big Ben can, you know, break those tackles. But I think, uh, you know, that they have a good receiving core. So if Ben does play well, I mean, there's a chance they could do something. 
But remember, you know, their division used to be easy. It used to be, you know, the Browns were a joke. And the Ravens were always competition. And the Bengals were competition until the playoffs. But now that's changing. Cleveland, I don't want to say Cleveland is legit yet. Because they've only had one season of proving that. So I cannot say that they're legit. But they're getting there. Baltimore's legit. That's a hard team to face. And Cincinnati's on the rise, man. Like, they, they have their quarterback. Now it's just about building around him. I don't think there's any easy wins to be found. And I think Pittsburgh could find themselves in a weird position sitting at either fourth or third in that division at the end of the year. Easily. Easily. Uh, and I, I almost see it happening. Uh, unless, like like we just said, I mean, unless they turn something up drastically around then, and and start making it happen. I I, I actually – can really see that happening, them, them coming up uh, dead last in their division. All right, guys, there is an article on NFL.com if you'd like to check it out regarding the top five rosters in the league. Browns, Bucks, Chiefs, Chargers, and then Bills. Mike, give us your top five rosters in the league on paper. You know, the, I, I agree with this top five. Uh, so I'm not really going to – I don't think that the, these are wrong. Uh, and I actually – these would probably be my top five. But I just don't think that Buffalo belongs at five. I would put – I would move the Chiefs up to number one and then the Buccaneers at number two, then the Bills three. And then I think you and I have talked about this before too, where, I mean, after that, it gets pretty interchangeable. I mean, you could probably swap out the Chargers and the Browns if you wanted to, um, you know, or whatever, make them either four or fourth or fifth. That doesn't matter. I, I think these are still the top five teams in the league. Uh, and so I just think that the Bills are far too low on that list. So I'd have them much higher, uh, roughly around third. You know, I think one team is, is really being slept on, and I understand that they're not great defensively. But, man, Tennessee should be in this conversation. I think Tennessee has a really good football team. And I, maybe, I, maybe I would take them over a team like the Chargers just because we all know what happens with the Chargers when football season starts. An ACL tear, a neck injury, a shoulder injury, a hamstring. Somebody's going to get hurt. We just don't know who and we don't know when. So, yeah, they don't seem to address the depth situation. I know that's exactly what you're saying. So it's like they, you know, yeah, they have a great team, but as soon as someone goes down, they don't have anyone to step up and, and fill that role. Uh, they don't have they don't have the depth like some of these other teams do, and I think that's really what hinders them sometimes when their when their starters go down. That that's it. That's all, that's all they have. Uh, another team that I. Uh, Obviously, didn't put them in my top five, but I said if we're if we're stretching outside of who's not on that list, also who doesn't get enough uh, appreciation, I think is the Colts uh, and, and their roster. They have a solid roster. I think they're going to definitely go to the playoffs again, especially if uh, Frank Wright is able able to get production out of Carson Wentz. I think they they did a great job trying to fill Philip Rivers' shoes there, and so that's another team that I mean could be just right on the outskirts of that of that top five. Well, you just mentioned it. The reason they're not in the top five is Carson Wentz. It's because the quarterback position is the most difficult in all of pro sports. And that's a question mark for the Colts right now. Even if it was Rivers, you know what I mean? It would, they still wouldn't be top five because they don't have that guy. I think, you know, obviously Andrew Luck retiring was a big deal, but they didn't retain any of their quarterbacks. They didn't go out and get a young guy. They've kind of been looking for that bridge. 
a guy they should have really looked into was Tyrod Taylor. I think he could have really been a good puzzle piece to, to help them. But they should have went young. And I understand the, the intrigue with Carson Wentz, especially because it's Frank Reich. But that's the reason they're not in the top five. I would put him at six or seven for sure, though. Who do you think is the worst team in the league, Mike? Who do you think is going to just have the worst year overall? Jacksonville. I mean, I know they, I know really? they went on. They've got their quarterback, but I mean, they're just, they're still, in, they, don't, they don't scare me one bit. Like, I, I mean, I would not, if I was a team that was half, that was mediocre or halfway decent, I'd still feel like I'd have a shot to, to beat them. Like, they, they, they haven't been doing much the past couple seasons. What about Houston? I'm, I'm thinking Houston's going to be, Houston's going to be up there. I mean, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I they're, they're, to me, they're like, eh, I mean, definitely Houston's much worse, but like, I don't know. For some reason, I, I just I think, think that... I think Mike, those are the least talented rosters on paper. If you're if you're going off of what you read on that roster, those are probably the two weakest teams in the league. And then you got and then you got the Giants. I mean, they don't jump out at me either. Giants I mean, and they... Jets. Yep, <laughs> I agree. So, I mean, those are the teams that, you know, uh, you almost count them as W's as you're going down the schedule. Like, if you're a whatever team or you're a fan of and you're going down your team's schedule, you're hoping that you play Houston. You're hoping you play the Jets. You're hoping that you, you play Jacksonville. Uh, especially if you're one of the better teams in the league, a fan of one of the better teams in the league, uh, then you're like, all right, great, W, W, W. <laughs> uh, so, I mean – I, I wouldn't want to be a Jacksonville fan or a Houston fan or a Jets fan right now. I mean, at least Jacksonville has something to look forward to with that quarterback. And you could say the Jets do too. You know, they have Zach Wilson. He's, he's nothing to scoff at right now. They both have a chance to succeed. But it's really, you know, about the coaching right now, especially in Jacksonville. If Urban Meyer works out, you, you never know. This, this Jacksonville team – I don't think they're as bad as they proved they were last year. When, when I realized that, you know, they had a chance at the number one pick, I thought they were having a better year, to be honest, but it just didn't work out. And I, and I don't think they're as bad as people think because their games are kind of close. And I think Jacksonville might, might be a little bit better than you're giving them credit for, but I think Houston's really going to really gonna struggle. The only thing they have is running backs. <laughs> so... It, that and like uh, also like, like let's not forget too. I mean like if any any Bills fan out there knows what it's like to be uh, you know on this on that side of things where it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to come together. And then you might be right with the with the Jacksonville thing when the, they they might have their quarterback and that or the Jets too. So this season might not be like their season to win it, uh, but they definitely can have something to be excited about and maybe watch their draft that their draft pick like just progress you know and, and see them get better every game and then in the next couple seasons who knows maybe they're they're competitive again uh so i'm sure it's that that part of it's exciting it's funny you mentioned that with the bills mike because i never felt that way i never felt that the bills were one of the worst teams in football even when they were you know like darius being selected at third I still didn't feel like the Bills were that bad. Obviously, the record says they were, but I never, and, and maybe it's just the fandom in me that's coming out, you know, right now, but I never was like, hey, the Bills are the worst team in football right now. 
There were, t- there were times where it was bad. Uh, was I remember it? I, may- maybe I was too young for that, all right? <laughs> yeah. JP lost his quarterback. Uh, Trent Edwards' days where uh, he was great until he got knocked out by the Cardinals, and then he was never the same quarterback after that. Uh, and then we just went through just, just this rotation of quarterbacks that was just not fun at all. I, I, and, know, I know the names. I remember the plays. But the one thing that, that always excited me about those days was the defense, man. And it was always good, whether it's Puzlesny, Fletcher, Spikes, George Wilson, Leotis McKelvin, uh, Terrence McGee. Like, I love the defense of the Bills in the 2000s. Oh, and one year, one year we had uh, Lawyer Malloy, Keo Spikes, Tad Washington, I believe, and Pat Williams. Nate Aaron Clemens. Schobel, like – all these guys were so good, man. It was they deserve such a better offense. Some of those guys were on, on the same defense, right? And so a lot of times they'd end at, like the they would rank the second defense in the NFL, like or, or sometimes first, depending on the season. And it was like, yeah, you get an offense to go with that that type of defense. You we could we we wouldn't even be talking about this this right now. They they would have been one of the best teams that we that we've ever had, that the Bills have ever had. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it just didn't shake out that way. You know, the, the problem with that kind of stuff is the numbers never tell you everything. And, and the reason is you go, we go back, and I've mentioned it before, I'll mention it again. The Chargers had the number one defense and the number one offense and missed the playoffs. So that's why I don't think these numbers really matter. Hey, if you're the first defense, if you're the 10th defense, whatever. Guess what? If you're playing that team, it's, it's very simple. Now, Mike, you're going to have to listen close. You have to score more points than the other team to win the game, okay? So, I don't think, you know, the rankings really matter at the end of the day sometimes. But everybody loves to read them. You know, they come yeah. out. And, 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 hey, I'll, I'll admit it. When the power rankings come out, I'm the first one on that page refreshing, seeing where everybody's at. Yeah, I think uh, everyone does forget about the simplicity. Thanks for breaking that down for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think, I think honestly, uh, it, that, I mean, that is the simplest equation, score more points than the other guy. Yeah, that's the goal. And obviously that's what has to get done even when you're playing against uh, one of the number one units. I, I don't think it matters whether you come in first or whatever uh, uh, of where you end up ranking. I think as long as it's consistent, that's that's the biggest thing. And that uh, I think where the Bills are right now, it is great because there is a lot of consistency there. Uh, the, the offense shows up every every game, and the defense has been good enough. Uh, they've been pretty good, but uh, they weren't you know first last season. But they still they still showed up when they needed to, especially uh, when you know uh, big wins needed to happen and. And one of the best results of that, or one of we talk about this game a lot from last season. I just thought it was one of their most impressive games, and that was against Baltimore in the playoffs. I thought that is when the Bills' defense really came alive. Uh, that was that was one of the best uh, defensive games that I, I watched last season from the Bills. Uh, that was that was good to see. But yeah, that's why it doesn't really matter where you end up ranking. It, it's just uh, it, if you're bringing it every week uh, and you play good enough to win. Uh, you'll make it far. You mentioned consistency there, Mike. And, and yes, the offense has been consistent. But I, I would tell you the opposite on the defense, man. They, they really disappointed last year. Now, they didn't cost the Bills games. But the reason they didn't cost the Bills games was because the Bills were putting up 30 points on the second half of the season. Now, if you're putting up 30 points, it's going to be hard to lose. 
So thank goodness that the offense was doing that. But with the addition of Lotulale coming back, and I'm hearing nothing but good things about Lotulale. I do not think he's a game changer. I'll be the first to say it. I do not think that he's going to be – he's going to go out there and help this defense become a top-10 unit again. But everybody else does. So I want to get your thoughts on Starlow Tulele coming back and what it means to the Bills' defense. It's actually huge. Uh, if, you, if you really pay attention to, like, the, the ins and outs of, of football, uh, Starlow Tulele coming back is great. The fact that he came back in amazing shape is even more exciting because it means he's serious about getting started, like getting going this season. Uh, he is a bit, he plays a bigger role on this defense than a lot of people give him credit for. He's not a stats guy. Okay. You're not going to, you're not going to hear Starla Tulele's name get called uh, a bunch of times per game. Okay, let me interrupt you for a second, Mike. Okay. If you're not going to be a stat guy, I want you to be a hustle guy. And I also don't see him as a hustle guy. So tell me what he does. Tell me what – other than eat up double teams, tell me what Starlow Tulele does. Well, that's exactly it. So if you've ever played on defense before, the best thing that uh, his role can do uh, if he's not going to tackle the running back or if he's not going to get a sack is eat up blocks. And there's times where that's exactly what he does, and he does it very well. He, he, he gets he'll, – he'll get double teamed or he'll, he'll take on more than one blocker and that frees up lanes on the defensive side of the ball for linebackers. So Tremaine Edwards and and hit that crew there, uh, them being able to run a lot more freely through the running lanes, especially on a running play, uh, to get to the runner, it, you got one less blocker to worry about coming out to get you, uh, to get in your way. And so if you, you think that defense is all about just getting to the, the guy with the ball. That, I mean, that's the, that's the goal, but there's, there's techniques to it. And so he does, a, he fills his role very well, better than anyone else on that defense as far as uh, on the D line uh, part portion of it. So it's great to have him back because I think you'll see our run defense become much better than it was last season uh, with him being back in the lineup. The reason that, that I'm not sold on it, and I, and I won't be sold on it until I see it happen again because it's been so long since he's been on the field. But there's so many young guys at defensive tackle on this team. There's so many young guys on the defensive line that aren't even going to get a chance to see the field because of guys like Lotulule and like Addison. Now, I have nothing against those guys, but they're hitting the tail end of their career, and – we have guys who need that experience. Not only do they need the experience from playing football, just in general in the NFL, but they need the experience playing in big games and big moments so they can show up when we need them to the most in the playoffs. Because it, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Buffalo is this, this powerhouse that's going to make the playoffs. And I get, I get so flustered in my head because – the Bills were so good last year. What if that's as good as it gets? Great movie, as good as it gets. But I don't want that to be as good as it gets. I don't think it is as good as it gets. I think that we really missed Starla Tule last year. I, I think you'll be surprised that the difference between this defense from last year and then having him back this year, especially him being very healthy and in shape. He looked great uh, on when he that first day he came back and like when they show all this – uh, all these clips of him being back, he looked like to be in great shape. He took care of himself last year. 
uh, which is it's great. That should be an expectation, but not every not everyone sticks that. And the fact that he showed up in, in great shape is is a good sign. Uh, I, I'm with you though on the on the Mario Addison. I I think he does a good role uh, play where he he he's a pretty good rusher. He definitely get, puts pressure on the quarterback. But the reason why we went all out on in the draft on these defensive uh, ends uh, or these edge rushers is for the fact that. He doesn't get home, and neither does Hughes. Like, they put big-time pressure on the quarterback, but they don't get to him. They don't actually sack the quarterback. So as far as maybe uh, Mario Addison taking much less of a role, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with putting some of those young guys in and see what they can do, and maybe they can get uh, get back there and actually generate some sacks. Uh, I'd, I'd be excited to see that. Uh, but Lutulale, I don't think, is holding up anybody from their a progression standpoint only because – they, it showed last year that no one really can fill that role. Uh, that you, you don't see many people uh, doing what he does on that defensive line as well. So uh, I think it, what, his, what his job is on the defense sometimes gets a little uh, lost. Uh, he, he's not going to generate these tackles for a loss. If he's, if he's the player with the most tackles for a loss on the defense, there's a problem. Uh, it should be it should be the linebackers, and then it should be other players around him getting those tackles because he's taken up multiple blocks. One thing you mentioned there that I really want to want to stick stick it to because I I love the point you made, and I think about it all the time. Other than Jerry Hughes, and he hasn't done it in a while, but other than Jerry Hughes, there's no finisher on this team. They can get to the quarterback. They can be in his face an inch away and they cannot sack him. And I just don't understand. They either let him escape or they, one of the offensive linemen has more hustle and, and gets to him or, or something like that. And I'm sick of it. We need an alpha dog. Rousseau or Basham needs to be that guy. That's like, you know what? If, and I understand, you know, some of the leniency and, and the way they go about it because of the penalties nowadays. You don't want to hit somebody too hard. You don't want to hit somebody too high. You don't want to hit somebody too low. Where, where the hell do you want to hit them, Mike? But I really just want somebody to come in and, and do it. And I'm, fine. I'm even fine that they take a couple penalties here and there. I mean, if it doesn't cost us the game, but, you know, they show, they show the, uh, the, the effort to get there and actually uh, knock them down a few times, that's the – that's the thing is like, you know, in this game now, you can barely touch them. Uh, you breathe on the quarterback the wrong way and a flag comes flying. And it's uh, so I understand the hesitation, but I really hope that, you know, uh, something happens here where, yeah, and, like, you know, sometimes that can knock the quarterback off his game, you know, hitting him a few times or, or you know, let him like let him know if he doesn't get rid of that ball on time. He, he's going to get somebody in his face that it's important for him to, that starts it's because that starts messing with their mental clock. Uh, usually, uh, when a, a coach usually tells a quarterback, it, you have like three seconds back there tops. Uh, so you should be having a mental clock of how long you've been standing there with the football, and you know it should be telling you, "Hey, I got to get rid of this thing." So if if we can just up it just a little bit to where we're in that quarterback's face and knocking off that mental clock. Oh man, that'll change everything for this defense, especially with how we've kept the secondary intact. I, I, I get the, I get excited about it because if these these pass rushers make a difference and start forcing throws out of a quarterback uh, that they have no business making, we could 
we could really turn into a turnover machine. So, I mean, I'm excited if they can turn it around. Uh, yeah, uh, but I really hope that these young guys get a chance. They are in their face, though. We, we, don't, we don't lack pressure. We lack sacks. We lack the tackles for loss. We lack the numbers that are not, like, supremely important, but I think that it's important against teams like Kansas City, against teams like Tampa Bay, that you can prove that you're more than just a team who can go out and score 25 or, you know, run the ball. Obviously, we can't run the ball, so that doesn't matter. But I want to move on, Mike. Tight end university is a thing that's, you know, a thing right now being ran by George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. It's got 50 NFL tight ends in it. I'm not sure how familiar you are with it. Dawson Knox is there and he's learning with the guys. There's 50 NFL tight ends in total. Tim Tebow is not one of them, by the way, he was not invited, but um, I, but he's a tight end. I, I want to be on the Dawson Knox train, but I'm not. And I want to get your thoughts on the Dawson Knox situation. Do you think that this is the year where he makes that jump? Or do you think that he is just going to disappoint? I don't honestly know what to think, to be completely honest with you, because I, I've been in the corner of that we need an upgrade. I've been on that train for a while. Uh I like some of the splashy plays he makes when, you know, when he does make them. I just I, – I get sick of the drops that he has. It was a uh, lot of drops last year, yeah. And it just – it frustrates me because you know the potential that, 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 he, that he has as a player. You see it when he does make some solid catches. Or sometimes he'll make an amazing catch, but obviously then he'll drop an easy one. Uh, you can tell why he got, you know, selected and why, why – they like him so much, uh, especially his ability to run after the catch. I mean, that's that's something that's hard to find in the, in the tight end position, and very few do it as good as some of the top guys there. Uh, and so him being able to run very well with the ball afterwards and, and being a powerhouse, so obviously everyone's favorite run from him is against the Bengals where he just, just wreaks havoc on defensive backs. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was always fun. That's, that's a fun uh, video to watch. But – I just, yeah, I think the Bills need an upgrade at the tight end position. I don't think that Dawson Knox is uh, going to turn it around at any season at this point. I think he is as much of a developed product as we're going to get from him. That doesn't mean he's not, uh, you know, valuable. Uh, you can still use him in a backup role. Or, you know, he does block pretty well. So it's not like you have to get rid of him, but I think you still need an upgrade uh, for someone that's going to actually go out there and, and catch the football, and I, I mean that. Catch the football. If, if you're going to say anything negative about this Bills team that's not regarding a position player like the running back, like the tight end, you know, probably the two weakest, maybe cornerback number two, I think the one problem that the Bills made in the offseason was bringing everybody back and thinking that it's going to be the same. They, they did say, you know, through the press conferences and stuff going into training camp right about now, they did mention that, hey, this is a new team. And I like that because it is a new team. You know, there's drafted guys. There's a couple free agents, you know, new additions. But in general, it, it's the same guys. And I I like it, but I don't. I, I kind of wanted to see a little more turnaround. You know, what if bringing Matt Milano back wasn't the move? What if 
What if doing all these things just maybe you should have let some of these guys go and look to the market. There was a lot of names on the market that they didn't look at, that they didn't try to sign. So I think if anything, that's the biggest detriment you can say about this offseason. What do you think? I, I was glad that they brought everyone back. I don't think that they would have found someone to fill uh, what Matt Milano brings to that defense. And okay, I, okay, I, okay, but like not just Milano. Let's say, for instance, you know, we were looking at receivers. A.J. Green was available. Something like that. They didn't – and I understand Buffalo's never been a splashy place, you know. They, they don't go after those kind of guys. But I think it, it could help just a little bit. The offense is really young, man. Even Diggs is young. Like – Yeah, I, so where, where I was frustrated, and, I, you know, I hate to keep going on the tight end train, but where I was frustrated was, you know, uh, the Patriots picked up two good ones. I mean, I, I just wanted – I just wanted an upgrade. I was really hoping that the, one of some of the better tight ends that hit the market were going to land in Buffalo. That's that's where that's what I wanted. I wanted just because I just felt like you know if the if the if, the, if Buffalo's missing anything, they're missing a tight end like a, a good like solid number one tight end that just that adds the diversity to to the passing game because that's what we rely on so much. And then you know, I, I would have even been happy with uh, trying to find, a, a, like, you know, uh, a solid running back eventually. Uh, but they seem to be happy with what they got back there, and I'm not even going to argue with it until I see it. Uh, but as far as, yeah, I really wanted an upgrade at the tight end, so I can see where you're coming with, uh, coming from where, you know, they could have made some move uh, to, to improve. And honestly, they just did a lot of staying the same. You know, they, they, we lost John Brown – or the, the Bills lost John Brown – and then they, you know, they picked up Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, so it's like that didn't really take it to the next level, but you know, kind of kept the the offense the exact same. So it is it is definitely something that I think is going to help only to the fact that there's a lot of continuity and a lot of the good teams that are out there have that, and I think that's what they're trying to stick with that formula that you keep a winning team together and try not to let too many of those pieces go to where, to where it falls apart. I'm going to argue with you right now because you said something <laughs> that I don't like. Uh, I am going to complain about the running backs because I don't need to see it this year. I saw it last year. They brought back the same offensive line and it's the same group of running backs. So either one has to get better or both of them have to get better. I don't want to average no 2.5 yards a carry. You cannot run the ball two times and a half and expect to win football games. It's a miracle that they won that game against the Rams, okay? So they, yeah. they need – and if it's Singletary, great. If it's Moss, cool. But I really think what they need to do this time around, Mike, is they need to give the reins to somebody. And I understand you want to have this backfield by committee – and for some teams, it works. It worked in Buffalo for a time. Freaking Carlos Williams and, and stuff like that when we were, when we were rocking two back sets. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy. But I don't think that works anymore in Buffalo for the, for the way they run the offense. I think what they need to do is they need to either say to Singletary, hey, you're our two down back. You're in on first and second. And if it's third and short, throw in Moss. If it's a passing situation, you need somebody to block, throw in Moss, get Singletary in on, on the, you know, receiving plays, the screens and stuff like that. 
but don't just be interchanging them every drive or something like that. I'm, I'm kind of sick of not, and I know they want to ride the hot hand per se. I just want a hot hand that's consistent to go back to your point. Well, I think what you'll see though is a lot of uh, on third down, uh, especially in a passing situation, you'll see a lot of Matt Breida. Uh, and I think that's just If he what... makes the team, I'll see a lot of Matt Breida. Remember, I was not on the Breida train. I I hope he makes the team, but I, I this is a hard team to make, man. If he if he breaks if he breaks into the roster, I think you'll see a lot of him in passing situations only because he's very fast and he's it's worth it to get him the ball in space for sure. And if I had to pick a starter, though, uh, from what I saw last year, uh, who, who I thought, if, you know, given the chance to start developing even more, is I, I liked Zach Moss. I really did. Yeah, he seemed like he couldn't at first get his, feet, uh, uh, get his feet out from under him. I think just being a rookie, he got nervous or something because there was times where he was, like, falling over his own feet. But uh, as, the, as the season kept going, it seemed like he definitely could produce the tough yards more than Singletary could. And, and he, so he'd get the ball – and yet, it wouldn't be the most ideal running situation. He had people in his face, but he could still get he would still get some yards out of nothing. And uh, against Miami, uh, he almost took that game over uh, to end. So we were just running the clock out, and he just kept giving fed the ball, and he was cranking out yards. I, I liked what I saw from him when there was flashes of ability. And so, if we can see more of that on a, on a grander scale, if the Bills can, you know, get that out of him. That that'd be exciting. I, I think that maybe you got you got yourself a starter, and then, then everyone else is on, is you know below him on the on the depth chart. I just think for a team that preaches competition all the time, that staying comfortable with what you have maybe was not the right move at those two positions. At everything else, I'm okay. I'm I'm all right, but I still I still have some some nitpicking to do. But I think we're going to call it, Mike. We've been talking for a minute here. Guys, this is Icy Mike's where the takes are stone cold. You can find me on Twitter if you want to argue with any of my takes, at the real Dan Kelly. Shim, hit him with your Twitter. Yep, mine is Mike Shimberski at M-I-K-O-L-2-5-3-1. Uh, same thing. You, you, got some, you got some beef with me on my takes. Uh, I, I could talk football all day. Be sure to come at us, guys. We're, we're all for interactivity. If you have any ideas that you want to see implemented, let us know. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about, for sure, drop that. We've been checking the listeners. Uh, thank you all. We're, we're averaging about 20, Mike. And um, we appreciate it. This is the Built in Buffalo Network, and we'll be talking to you guys next week. Have a great day.